Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, cars, cars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the episode. It's been a fairly hectic but quite exciting few days for me, Tony. For you, yeah. I, I'll, I'll kickstart by saying I've moved house. You have. Oh, well, moved flat. <laughs> I do live in London, so house would be a stretch. <laughs> but no. you, but you're on the outskirts. You're suburban London now, mate. I've moved further out. Good. So, uh, for those of you that might not know, I, I grew up in London, in pretty central London. I've spent all of my life. Chelsea, in, to be specific. Mayfair. Nice fish, <laughs> Tony. Get it, get it right. If you're going to take the piss, get it right. Um, so yeah, I'm very used to living, you know, very centrally, and London has been my home forever. Um, but then coming back off the drive the world and things like that, you know, we re, re, what's it called a reprioritize mm-hmm. my life and all like that. And anyway, so yes. Long story short, Vic and I've moved a little bit further out. We're not out, out. I still think we're in London. Uh, southwest London, to be precise, but but we're not in the thick of it anymore. So we've got a little bit more space. Uh, still in an apartment, which I'm very happy about. And uh, oh yeah, I mean it's I am I feel like I've got a new lease on life. Yeah, I always see London as like the single market town. As in, what I mean is, if you're single in your twenties, you want to live in central London in a flat. But as you get into your thirties and you get married and priorities change, you you tend to move out more suburban. You need a bit more space. You don't want to I be... Don't, I think that's not a money thing because you can still have that life that you're talking about, a bigger house and space. Correct. If it's completely money, a money thing. Yeah. You know, if you can afford the £9 million house in It's Notting absolutely Hill. a money thing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's literally it. I mean, that was the same for us. And space. To, yeah, to get the space that we wanted, we had to move a bit further out. Yeah. But if we were bazillionaires, of course, you can get amazing houses with gardens and space and all these things in central London. We just couldn't afford it. So anyway, we're very happy. Uh, we moved to a fantastic new apartment. Very, very good. But it's meant that I've been so distracted the last, like, 10 days or so and buried in boxes. <laughs> I got a message for the weekend of just him sitting on the floor, basically, surrounded by, like, boxes. I mean, it was just boxes. And I, and I honestly, I've moved a few times and I could not... That would 
be my worst nightmare, mate. I, I can't deal with that. And Vicky went off to a baby shower for a minute. I don't so blame I was, her. I was just sitting there like, right. <laughs> what do I do here? And as I say, like getting my brain in gear for like work and filming. I don't know where, I was like, where are my batteries for my camera? I have no idea where anything is. Oh. It's been a little bit of a stressful experience. I mean, you got a few quid. I'm not surprised you just didn't pay someone to... Pack it and unpack it when you get it. <laughs> I never have as many quid as you think I do. And secondly, I, do, I, I prefer to do it myself. I don't oh. think, because where would they know how to, how would they know where to put stuff? Well, you tell them. No, so I'm just going to sit there in a big armchair and be like, yes, put that in that cupboard, yes. please. That's what no, you're paying come for. On. Have you, by the way, this is a complete side note. And to keep this podcast political, which we seem to do every single week. Have you seen that article that came out uh, about Prince Andrew? So I guess royalist rather than political. So the maid was like, oh, he was such an asshole. He called me to come up three flights of stairs to close some curtains. And he was sitting next to the curtains. He could have done them himself. Like, what an awful human being. <laughs> That's literally my dad. <laughs> my dad will be sitting at home. And he has a housekeeper. And he'll literally be sitting next to the curtains. And he'll go, why are the curtains closed? <laughs> and he'll pull it up and say, oh, excuse me, can you come here and close? And she has to walk on it. I'm like, Dad, you could have just stood up and closed the curtains. Yeah, but, you know, if you're, if you're paying for that privilege, that's, that's the point, mate. No, fair enough. What's and, the and point? And that's exactly what he would say. Correct. And, and, but I just don't feel good to be sitting in an armchair sipping on a STG coffee. Uh, available now, drinkperler.co.uk. <laughs> um, whilst telling people to put things away in drawers. I can do it perfectly well myself. Well, anyway. It's been an exciting few. Have you unpacked the boxes? Nope. Well, then you can't do it perfectly yourself. Got another three weeks until we've unpacked <laughs> boxes, honestly. By the time you unpack, we're trying to move out. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but it's been amazing, and it is amazing. I'm not sure I'm going to show much of it on, on social media. I don't know. I, oh, I you're not going to do a house tour and, no. a, and a look at my crib like the most of them do. What, do you know why? Oh, it's a shame. <laughs> I know you're being I was really looking forward to it. No, I'm being deadly serious, mate. I, 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 I like them. Well, the reason I'm not doing it, it's, I can read through your sarcasm, is I did do it like five, four years ago and everyone was so horrible and so rude about the flat that we were renting at the time. I was like, never again. I was just not worth it. I mean, social media can be cruel at the best of times, but considering how excited, that was the first time Vicky and I had moved in together. And we were super excited. And we were super pleased and proud. And if you know about London rent, you know, it's extortionate. And we were paying a lot and just the comments were full of, oh, that looks like an absolute gypsy hole. And I was like, okay, not doing this again. No, I would um, absolutely agree with you. Yeah, so that's going to be staying private. But anyway, it's an exciting time. And, and if you thought that maybe things have been a bit quiet on some social media platforms, or maybe I've felt a little untogether, hopefully not, because I feel like I've been doing a good job so far this year, um, that'll be why so. you know, what do you mean a bit quiet you don't really post on anything anyway on youtube you no i post everywhere Are you mad i post when on instagram instagram stories twitter facebook tiktok tiktok you just I, don't follow me anywhere else no i i follow you on i follow you on most of them yeah but you you don't really you're not really that active on instagram mate really not I've, i post two to three posts in the grid per week Really? Yep. That many? Yep. Two to three a week because that's and, and, in and, my and content calendar. Twitter, you're really not that active. No, Twitter, I'm very quiet these days. I right. agree. Twitter, I'm very quiet. I read a lot of Twitter. I just, I'm not sure what to say on Twitter anymore. No. You're very active on Twitter. Uh, uh, well, I only active because I like winding people up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is brilliant. If you want to set a grenade off somewhere, comment something controversial on Twitter and then they're off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah. then you just sit there. Read. It's brilliant. <laughs> it gets me all afternoon. If I'm bored, I'll put something controversial on Twitter and just sit there and read it all. Yeah, it's I know. You like winding people up. You send me a message saying, look what I just posted on Twitter. <laughs> set off a grenade. <laughs> Anyway, that wasn't the only exciting thing to happen the last few days. Oh. I have finally purchased 
My Next Alien. Oh my <gasps> God. At last. Yeah. At last. <laughs> you and the rest of the audience, I think. Oh will be my like, oh. God. Five months later. Uh, can I just, just, this is me being slightly defensive, but also explaining, because I, th- I saw a few people being a bit like, just get on with it now. Yeah. I posted a video last week with Lenny the Geezer, or sorry, Lenny at Urban, uh, talking about still shopping for my next daily. I'm in this defend alone. People are like, oh my God, ultimate tire kicker. There are a few reasons as to why it's taken me quite so long. <laughs> Firstly, I announced that I was trying to get a new daily just before my end of year went insane last year. And I ended up traveling for about two and a half months. So I just wasn't around. Secondly, as we all know, because the X3 has been so fantastic, it's been quite hard to figure out what to replace it with. And then thirdly, I launched a sort of series of looking for my next daily without really knowing that I was definitely going to get another daily. So anyway, long drawn out process. I have purchased a new daily. Brilliant. Um, I'm telling you guys here now because, well, we love you, podcast audience, and I kind of feel like you're our friends. Not to say that the main channel audience are, but that's like business. You're less aggressive. These are my friends. These are my friends. These are my friends. 50,000 friends. Yes, 50,000 friends. (laughs) The main channel is the business. It's the running the business, the focus of the business. So, So I don't think the car will be revealed in a main channel video probably until mid to late February. Mainly really? Well, yeah, because I'm, 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 I'm going away. I've got some trips coming up. I've got some stuff going on in terms of actually being able to collect the car. Like lots of things well, going on. Well, you're not collecting until February. I think I'm going to well, in the January now, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, I, I keep you know, forgetting. But two or three weeks probably for the main channel video. So I'm not going to reveal what it is yet because I say the, the big reveal video will be a very, hopefully, touch wood, successful video on the main channel. Mm. So I don't want to reveal too much here, but I think probably... I'm sure that'll do well, that video. We might get 30k. <laughs> I think maybe I will reveal it here on the Thursday. Beautiful. Before the video goes live on the Sunday. I think I'll do that. So yeah. Anyway, stay tuned. More to come. But I have finally resolved it. My next daily has been purchased. So if you want to know what your next daily is, subscribe and, and, and you'll get an exclusive here first. Is that right? That's what I was trying to cue you. <laughs> <laughs> you cottoned on right in the... I was about to move on. Right in the death. So yeah, subscribe now if you're watching here on the YouTube channel. Turn on notifications. If you're listening, keep listening on whatever platform you're listening on. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it might be. Because yes, some point in February, I'll be revealing my next daily here on the podcast ahead of the main channel video going live a few days later. Beautiful. So, we have some car news to discuss. Which is incredible. Unbel- out of nowhere. Who yep. saw this coming in the middle of January? Who knew? Not us. Um, some of it is our own news, but some of it's also been posted all over the internet. So, let's dive into that first. Because, have you seen, I'm sure you have, that apparently the first customer Valkyrie has been spotted driving around in Germany. I've been tagged about 300 times. Three million times. <laughs> I, I think the clips of this car driving around maybe went out on th- or got posted on Thursday even yeah. after this podcast went live. And from then until now, <laughs> I think every day I've received about 400 <laughs> yeah. links to that clip. Um, but yes, essentially, supposedly the first customer Valkyrie has been spotted driving around in Germany. Now, the reason I say supposedly is for a number of reasons. Uh, at the end of last year, Aston Martin released a sort of press release saying, here is the first customer car rolling off the line. Ta-da! And we were a little sceptical at that point, being like, well... Who is the customer? Is it actually going to be delivered? Like, where's it going? Where's it going? And the shots that have been released, well, firstly, they're semi-professionally shot. If it's a car spotter, well done. Great shots. They're highly stabilized, filmed from a sort of tracking car. That's not a very easy thing to do. That's not like, oh, I've just spotted the car. I'm going to whip out a camera. So that's impressive. The sound is 
all off. And again, this is me being like a bit of a nerd. And do you remember when Shmi like delved into the high speed record of who was that company that said that they got the world record for the fastest? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Shmi, I feel like I'm doing that. With yeah, this, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the soundtrack doesn't quite add up. It's a lot of gearbox wine, a lot of sort of noises which you don't necessarily expect and they also don't correlate to the footage you're seeing. So it's been edited weirdly. What I'm trying to get about is, is this a customer car or is this a final sort of pre-production run? Is this an Aston Martin executive? Is this, what, what, I mean, we don't know. You know what I thought was a bit weird is, and listen, who am I to say who gets the cars first? But you'd think... If a customer was going to get a car first, it would be American, Chinese, well, because of the market. Lawrence Stroll, or or someone, or a UK customer. Why why would it be a German customer be first? I'm not saying that that's wrong. What I'm saying is, is from a look at this, surely there must be someone in LA or Beverly Hills that's ordered one. I mean. Yeah, I guess the thing which we don't know. So I have a, I have, I had somebody who had one coming and cancelled it, and was, you know, high up enough on the Aston list and had enough money to sort of be fairly high. I think they got to. I think he told me they got to choose their VIN number, their order slots. I think mm. is what he said. And so it might not be of a first come first serve. Somebody might just pick that they want zero zero one because you know Ferrari on their really special cars, they definitely strategically pick where the first cars are going to be seen. For sure. Exactly that. And so yeah. I wonder whether... You're right. I questioned it as well. Yeah. All the first cars to be in Germany so it didn't necessarily add up. But we have no idea if it is a customer car, who that customer might be. Might not live in Germany. Might just might, exactly. might, might have been there and, and car might be off to America now. We don't know. And I don't know why I'm still inherently sort of, you know, <laughs> suspicious of this whole thing. Well, it's unlike Aston to lie. <laughs> Again, Tony's being sarcastic. It's a day of sarcasm for me. If you don't know, Aston do tend to slightly fudge quite a lot of things. In really? Life. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just sceptical. I think, in, you know, there's enough people I know who had Valkyries coming yeah. who are like, we know nothing about this. Mm. We don't know when our cars are coming. There's been no update. There's yeah. just this one supposed... So if you've got a Valkyrie coming on order, because some of you out there are crazy enough to have that, let us know. Have you received any updates? Have you received any communication about this first customer car? Because... The other thing is, Aston revealed that sort of press release, the customer rolls off the production line. Rolled back on. <laughs> well, you think they'd make another big buzz about it being delivered. And yeah, so, absolutely. Anyway, I don't know. I'm just weirdly sceptical, but maybe you guys are bored of us being a bit sceptical. I am excited because, my God, it looked insane in the footage. Oh, yeah, it did, yeah. As a road car, that's not a thing. It looks like it's from 2052. Yeah. But people used to say that about the laugh, didn't they? And even now, like, a, like when, when a LaFerrari come out, that was like, oh my God, that looks like it should be out in 20 years time. Fair. You know, so... Even a 720S. Yeah, 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 for but sure. But I think Valkyrie is 100% next level. And I think we're only going to start to uh, see things similar when all these Le Mans hypercar, you know, whatever they're called, prototypes and things start to, yeah. start to hit the road. Yeah. But no, insanely exciting. Uh, the sound, as I say, in addition to the sort of gearbox wine and things like that coming on, Sounds great, and I, I cannot wait to see one in the flesh. Mm. That's why I just want confirmation that this is happening. Valkyries are coming, and we're not being we're not being stooped. Yeah, that's why I think I'm coming at it from. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree, mate. Okay, moving on. Lamborghini. Oh, I've written this down. Stellato. Oh no, you've lost me. I'm gone. Do you know about this? No, no. What is it? It's the off-roading Huracan. 
Oh, the jacked up thing. Do you remember? Oh, so a few no, years ago, yeah, I've seen that. A few years ago, the concept got launched. Yeah. And everyone's like, what is this? They'll never build it. And now it's been spied testing an off-roading hurricane. Yeah. Are they, where's that going to go? On In the desert? In the On the snow? I mean, you would think it's like a UAE special, right? Like, straight out to Dubai. They would Madness. love it there. Straight on the dunes. But what is going on? Because we've got... We're fairly confident of a 911 Safari, if that's going to be its formal name or not, we don't know. But it's at a jacked-up off-roading rally spec 911. Mm. We've got now this Hurricane Stellato. We had the Morgan off-roading concept yeah. thing. So why is it that manufacturers are suddenly going, let's take our sports cars and make them... Let's jack them up. Jack them up. It's make I mean, them worse. Like the, so the Taycan Cross slash sport slash what? Yeah. Turismo. It's like a sort of... Has the world decided that we all want to go off-road and want to go dune bashing? You I don't buy, know where it's come from. The, then buy a Range Rover. Yeah. Well, not, not for dunes, though, because they're not very good. Buy a Land Cruiser for dunes. Buy a Land Cruiser. That's mm. what they all love. Yeah. Now, I... I love the idea of like an off-roading sports car. Like that's so my vibe. Like the old 60s, 70s rallying in. You know why I think they've done it. You know why I think they've done it because I think there's they obviously look at markets and that that's why they build these things and and they've obviously seen whether it be on social media or whether they've just seen that people have been modifying their cars a little bit like what you've done to that Carrera T. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, there are, jack- and, and th- that is a thing, mate, and they you know, people are going on these mega road trips and, you know, they go, you go into Africa, you need a car like that. There's been some top gear specials where they've done that, where they've jacked the cars up and maybe there is a genuine call for it now. And like we've said before, a manufacturer will really only make something if there's a, they're a business, if there's a call for it. So there must be a... There must be a genuine call for it. Well, I think you're right, you know, and we're seeing this more and more, aren't we, of manufacturers kind of really uh, listening to or reacting to popular, you know, popular customers, yeah. customers and yeah. social media trends yeah. and all these different things. And, and for sure, over the last 18 to 24 months, the interest or intrigue in rally S cars, look at that crazy Singer Tuttle project that mm. came out. You know, there is this kind of upward trend, 996 road trip, Brock doing that amazing stuff he is with his 911. And my career here, I'm not taking any kind of credit for, for that. But yes, you're right. There's this interesting adventure. And actually, when you think about it, the manufacturers haven't got to think. Because you just go on social media and go, right, what's the what, what what can we make this week? What's trending? What do people want? I mean, it's just made their jobs miles yeah. easier. Oh my god, if Ferrari unveiled a jacked up Luso with rally lights, oh, I'd be all over it. I'd well, be straight down to Dick Lovett Swindon. Take my money. One, yeah. I've got none left. But, <laughs> but you sell the only one. You're right in the sense where all they have to do is do a limited run of this. You yeah. Know? 50 Hurricane Stilatos, yeah. 150 911 Safaris, done. There'll be enough nut job collectors and idiots like me that'll be like, oh, I'd love that for no apparent And reason. it's not even that. When they're based on the same as the normal car, they're just jacked up. They're like a win-win financially, business-wise, because they're fundamentally going to be the road car, but just on different suspension and different tyres and different brakes. Which actually, when we we know about Lamborghini, especially, they're shared via a huge group. So they're under the VW group. So they're just going to nick stuff from other brands: Bentley, Audi, Porsche. So the cost to actually develop the cars nothing going to be that high, no. and you're going to create this really cool cult. Uh, do you need to grab that? No, 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 no. Tony said it's been a bit quiet recently, so I don't want you to <laughs> I don't want you to step away from any potential sales. It's getting busier, actually. To be fair, for, uh, as picked up. 
for those of you, by the way, just asking what's just happened, because maybe you're listening, uh, Tony's phone started to ring. So. On silent, because I'm professional, but I've turned it over. <laughs> Even more professional now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, well, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the future trends might be. I think it's almost a dangerous move that manufacturers these days seem to be so quick to react yeah. to sort of, you know, popular trends. But cool to see, and I think it's exciting. Hey, look, if there's a day when I could end up on a road trip with a 911 Safari, a Huracan Stellato, uh, a Morgan CX, whatever it was called, and... I don't know what else. Oh, to who say. knows? We might Luso. all be doing. We might all be doing road trips in jacked up safari stuffs and going to places in cars that no one's ever been before. But that's. I mean, for me, that is like the most exciting thing. Yeah, I've ever me too. I'd like to love to do that. Well, there yeah. we go. Great. Well, we're going to be knocking down the doors of Lamborghini <laughs> and Porsche. <laughs> Porsche. You more Porsche. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, back to Aston Martin. Mm. There's a new variant of the DBX coming. There is. I heard about this DBX S. We think. Yes. Originally, I think, hoped that it would have the DB11, DBS, V12 in it. It's likely to be just a tuned V8, right? Correct. So just a bit more of a spicy. They're going after a Nürburgring record or something. Mm. I mean, is it going to help? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, it's always about price, isn't it, unfortunately? And well, when you compete with a Eurus that, that sells hand over foot in terms of you know, it doesn't lose any money. I mean, it's just it's just difficult, isn't it? The brand of Lamborghini at the moment are very strong. Well, they have been really since I've been, they've been under the Volkswagen group. For sure. But I have to say, you know, as much as I do tend to bash the DBX and you have a little bit in the past, whenever I see them, they do really catch my eye. No, mate, honestly, like, they look really different to anything else. Like I said to you before, we just sold our one, by the way. Um, dynamically... They drive really well dynamically. Just as a few places that let the car down, like with a lot of Aston Martins, which is why I'd, I don't particularly like them. But um, yeah, potentially it could be unbelievable that car. So maybe the S, it will be unbelievable because it, it's definitely a pretty looking SUVs. You know, it's really lovely. And if they put a nice fruity exhaust on it, so it sounds a bit girthy. Yeah, and put touchscreen and Apple CarPlay and things that you'd expect from a 2022 car, then <laughs> we might be on 200 or grand or whatever. Oh, oh man, yeah. honestly, it does my head in, it does. I know, but then at the same time, I spend most of my time going, oh, I'm so fed up. Why aren't there physical buttons in cars? But it's, it's just... It's 2022. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You, you don't want physical buttons, and you want physical buttons, and then you want it nice and clean, and I mean, flipping <laughs> hell. I'm impossible to... You, impossible won't, you, you, won't, you don't like McCann's, because it's like a jet fighter... Pilot yeah, too many thing. buttons, and then and then you then you've got a nice slick thing with touch. Say, oh, give me some oh, I don't buttons. Like, give me some buttons. <laughs> I know, I told you, I'm hard to <laughs> um, Now, moving the conversation on, we this is sort of car news related, but it's a, probably a wider topic. So, my mum, I think what I've spoken about this a few times before, ordered an Evoke back oh. in May last year. Oh, good luck. So she ordered it as a replacement to her current Evoque, but uh -huh. a new model year update. Uh -huh. She's got the fruitiest petrol engine because she said she wasn't ready to go hybrid, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And at the time they said to her, it would probably be a nine month wait, I think. Yes. Maybe, maybe they said a six month wait at the time. Anyway, whatever they told her, I think it was six to nine months. She got a call in August or something like that, or September, and they said, oh, it's been pushed back and delivery's not going to be until March next year. And she went, not interested, get rid okay. of it. Cancelled her order. Yep. Then it came to, I think, November or December time, and she was like, actually, actually, I think I do still want the car, and, you know, with everything going electric, maybe I just want to get the last great ice engine Evoke, because she loves these Evokes. And so she called back up and said, look, I've changed my mind. 
can we start again? What's the currency? He said, well, look, I actually never cancelled your order. This is the dealer. Never actually cancelled your order because I'm so desperate for new stock. Yeah, they were registered it himself. Once, once it was in the uh, system, I, I wanted to run through. So you can still have the cards coming in March. So she's like, okay, you know, I'm back excited again. Her card gone up in value because uh, the world's gone crazy. Not now, though. Well, we'll come back to that in two seconds. I, and also, I, I, I'm not going to say a word. I'm going to let you carry on. But I think I know what you're going to say to me. But keep going. Okay. Because uh, it's brilliant. So if but, it, if don't, it, let us come, don't let us forget to come back to what you just said about correct. the prices cooling off. So, um, yeah, so she's sitting around. And she's starting to get excited now. It's coming towards the end of January. The car's yeah, yeah. a month and a half away. And last week on Thursday at 11.21 in the morning... Oh, right. Really Pacific. The dealer got a note to say that Land Rover had pulled her build slot from the line. <laughs> you knew that was coming? And I'll tell you why it's coming. Why? Okay. Well, you carry on. So, <laughs> my mum, fuming. Fuming. What, the, what does that mean? What, what are you saying? And the dealer, who I know the guy, very nice guy, and obviously not his fault. No. Had... Four cars in total happened to him that day. Mm. So you had to make four customer calls saying that your slot's been pulled or cancelled. And she said, well, what, what does that mean? He goes, well, we have no update as to when that slot is going to get repositioned, when your car's supposed to be. But at the same time, last week I went to see Lenny at Urban. And he was telling me, because obviously they're in the business of buying Range Rovers, uh, Discoveries, Urban, uh, Defenders, blah, Don't blah, they blah. buy them direct from Land Rover? Or, or wherever through, they can get them. Or through a... Right, okay, wherever fine. Wherever they can get right, them. Right, so, so they're, they're not... Secondhand, direct, whatever, you know. Right. They're just amassing stocks of all kinds of Land Rover products. No, what I mean by that, mate, I mean, are they buying them direct? They're obviously not buying them direct from the manufacturer. They're buying them from the dealer network. Yes, right, dealer okay, network, but right. also used right, individuals. Okay, you know, I think they just buy them all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, they're struggling with getting hold of, of stock. Of course they are. But they say that they'll have moments with customers will call them up and say, I had a car on order. I've just heard that my slot's been cancelled. I've been waiting nine months or a year and I've just been told I've gone to the back of the line yeah. and I've got another nine months to wait. So they're seeing an increase in demand mm. because of this happening. So let me ask you, why do you think it's happening? Because, especially with the higher spec stuff, they can't fulfill the extras on the cars. So there's so many things they can't provide to build the car, make the car complete at the moment. They're just pulling orders. So they're just saying, um, this car can't have, and, and knowing your mum, she's got the nice spec one. Mm -hmm. So you can't have head-up display, you can't have a roof, you can't have the Meridian audio. Because they don't have the parts? They don't have the... Um, the, the the chips still chip related this. yeah yeah but it, but it is parts mate it's not just chips you can't have the matrix headlights you know all these high end stuff they run on hundreds and hundreds of computers and Land Rover more than most which is why they sometimes break because they're reliant so much on computers and and wiring wiring's not a problem but the computers and the chips are um, so. I think that's probably why they pulled her order. So I thought twofold. It's super interesting insight. I thought twofold. I thought firstly, maybe they were doing a Ferrari and pulling her order because somebody had a higher spec order that they wanted. I was like, could that be a thing? Then I thought, oh, maybe. Is it the same production line? Is that for a new Range Rover? Maybe they got such demand or they want to pump out the new Range Rovers, they booted the Evokes. Or I thought, is it snaky and sharky enough that there's a, savvy dealer and I'm not saying necessarily my mum's dealer that thought I could buy that car put it in my dealer principal's name put 500 miles on the clock and sell it for a premium 
Um, I mean, six months ago, definitely. Okay. I, I'm I'm not sure that's the case at the moment. For sure, knowing that you know I do the job, uh, prices have definitely softened off. The 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 bit I come back to the bit that you said that maybe they're building the bigger stuff. That is partly true. So, Land Rover over the last six months. I'm only talking about Land Rover because that's what we're talking about. There's other manufacturers yeah, doing differently. No, no, of course. They are prioritising the bigger stuff because that's the stuff that's got the the bigger margin in for them as a as a company. So, um, actually, Evokes and Discovery Sports are are longer waits than say the new big Range Rover because that's what they're concentrating on. And and I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I don't think you can order a a current sport now. I think that's it. I think the new one's coming and because there's such a long wait for cars, I think they're just concentrating on that new Range Rover and the Defender. Because don't forget, there's a huge demand for Defender. So... Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There will be some sense in that for sure. 100%. No matter what, it is a... Well, a a maddening situation for my mum, but a sort of crazy situation. Because I know, of course, of all these delays and things like that, but I hadn't heard of until last week bill slots being pulled or being yeah, yeah. cancelled when it's so close. You know, she's too much. Obviously, that's when they're about to start the build, isn't it? So she's been in the queue for however long. And, and now we're two months out. They were probably starting to, you know, action something on that line. Yeah, so so oddly enough, people, when people sometimes get like an eight or nine month wait list for a car, people think it takes that long to build. It, it takes a couple of days to build a car. Yeah, yeah. It's on the line. On the line. Once they're on the line... Uh, and actually, when they say, when they update you and say your car's on the line, it's already built. It's yeah, already yeah, done. Yeah, it's yeah. already up, out. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's unbelievable. It's all machines. Yeah, of course. So, um, and all manufacturers are the same. But but obviously, they they all have different, um, you'll know this because you've been to a manufacturer, they'd all have different times that lines work. So, they'll have a line of Range Rovers, then they'll have a line of Discovery Sports, and yeah, they have different lines, but it's all one factory, so they can only make a certain amount of cars per day, full stop, and they have to decide through demand 
what they make for the world because they're not just making it for UK. This is a problem world. Mm-hmm. So worldwide, worldwide, yeah. So you've got Land Rover's biggest market is still probably Chinese and American. We're very small for for Land Rover. So what's happening? The cars are going out there. Yeah. They're not they're not coming here because it's it's not their biggest market. And don't forget, all these manufacturers, they're all businesses. They all care about and they're losing huge amounts of money at the moment because they just can't build the cars. So I know they can't get the parts, but that doesn't stop their fixed overheads. I mean, they're, they're, they're huge, their fixed overheads. And and it's, it's a problem for them. So then they prioritise as a percentage, do we have 15,000 quid out of making an Evoke, for instance, or on the same line, we can have 30,000 quid out of making a big Range Rover which is, that's what they're doing. So the fundamental, I guess, is, is when does this end, right? Because, you know, this chip shortage, which we've all heard about for so long now, and is even, you know, Volkswagen, I know people were telling me the other day, is a nine-month wait for a Golf at the moment. 56 like, weeks the last time I checked. Which outrageous. Is about a year. It's ridiculous for a yeah. Golf. So yeah. at some point, the, the supply has got to even itself out, you know, as COVID starts to decline worldwide and shipping routes and shipping... <laughs> Uh, process becomes smoother again, you would think they would start to catch up, but they're also going to still have a backlog. So let's say <laughs> next month, suddenly all these chips start to get to where they need to be and all these parts to, and everything's smooth and the manufacturers are like, right, right, we're back to full capacity. You've then got that theoretical backlog of orders to get through. Mm. And we've got another problem as well, which you all voted for, by the way, oh, which God. is Brexit. Well, not, not, not all of us voted for, Tony. No, 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 no. <laughs> and also we have a very international audience. So... Uh, just to say very quickly before you carry on, don't mm. don't lose your train of thought. But those of you who aren't British listeners or viewers, I get asked this a lot actually when I go and visit other countries, you know, what, what people think about Brexit and stuff like that. Just so that you know, not everyone in the UK voted for Brexit. And no. Not everyone supports it. It was 49-51. It was very close. Very close. Mm. So, so whatever you may have read in your own national news about the situation, there are some of us who are deeply frustrated by it. There's some of us who are super pro it, but it, it has obviously, it continues to um, uh, bring up, spool up problems that maybe people didn't appreciate or didn't realise or didn't understand. Mm. So it's an ever-evolving thing. Mm. Um, so yes, yeah, so sorry, you were about so, to say... So cars, obviously, naturally, because of Brexit, and and there's lots of other things which is happening in this country now and over the last six months that have been hidden behind COVID, but it's not a COVID problem. This is Brexit that will start to kick in now. Here in the UK. H- here in the UK. And, and cars is just an example. So... The, when you import a car, there's going to be another. There's going to be a, another tax. So, new cars will be naturally six, ten percent dearer, just naturally. In the days of pre-COVID, pre-Brexit, whatever you want to call it, both of cars being unbelievably cheap, I, I, I'm not sure. Definitely in the near future, we're going to be seeing that anymore. You know where you could get an, you could get a car like you know a car that's lost half of its value a real proper bit of kit for for 20,000 quid and it was 50,000 quid when it was new and it's it's 20,000 quid 18 months old or 30,000 quid i don't think that's going to happen not anytime soon for sure so on that does that mean by british or is there also an increase in export tax so will british manufacturers also be inherently increasing the values of cars for 
for buying British in the UK. Yeah, so again, what happens is is that people jump on the bandwagon, you see, and it's like we saw it with the fuel crisis where where fuel was at a premium, as in you couldn't get it, so they put the prices up for fuel. Have they come back down? No. Same with food. Same with gas. Look at gas. Insane. Gone for, we import all our gas, mate. So... The, 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 people don't like to hear it, but there'll be a there's a there's a Brexit thing in that. So gas has gone through the roof, and people say, "Oh, it's because it's not because of this; it's because of that." But there is an implication of Brexit, which is what we all voted for. And I'm, I'm, I could go really delve in, but I'm not going to because it's not a political podcast. <laughs> even, though, podcast. even though somehow it ends up <laughs> political every week, as we like to say. Um, and it fascinates me because I love. I, uh, this is really geeky, but I really like get off on business. Like I really oh, like to. No, no, no. If bit, I could, too much information. If I could sit with the chancellor and see how he works out, the it would absolutely fascinate me. That and I love to get involved in in the way that the world works. So I have half a idea of how it works because it's I like it which is the best thing in the world I think when you have a passion for something you have an inherent desire to for learn sure more. yeah it's, it's heck it's why I keep coming to you and asking you for advice about so many of the financial things because I know that you have a real yeah a good understanding but also a passion and, a, yeah. a, and an appreciation for it fascinates it. me some of it and and Brexit as you say has thrown up so many of these kind of you know questions and, yeah. and, and things that people hadn't considered a, a bit of a niche topic I realize for our international viewers so to sort of come round to a point you made very early on in this particular topic How's that affecting our used car values? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight you a bit here because you walked in today and you've been saying for a while that prices are, are cooling off. However, I'll give you three examples, I think, that I've recently encountered where I don't necessarily think that's the case and why I think that's not the case. So, uh, my Abarth, outside. Uh, do I want to reveal this? <laughs> uh, anyway, we buy any car which is, we, we, you've said before, is a very good price indicator. Until, uh, you, get, until you get there. It, until we get the there, they start to kick you in They're the, very clever now, we buy yeah. a car, because they advertise on telly that get your car valued in 30 seconds, but that's not a valuation. It's not a true valuation, because by the way, you can't value a car in 30 seconds. It's just a very, very, very clever computer system that throws a number. When and a, you An attractive number as well. A very attractive number, and that's done by the the guide that's done by the guide and then they adjust it's very clever system and then they adjust it daily or they probably adjust it during the day on what the auction prices are doing so when you get there three days later or or whenever you go there they don't even now because they don't ask you about condition or owners or they make some assumptions so when you make get your price you get a list of here are the assumptions we've made you know it's what it's a one owner car it's got this many keys it's in this condition it's got full service history blah 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 so they're things that you're i think you'll come on to say that they can then kick you in the bollocks for oh, it's brilliant when, when you think about say, it say oh well we you know we quoted you online 15 grand but actually this 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 so the price we'll pay you today is 11 and then yeah. you're kind of like well we're, i'm here and oh i'm not gonna get any better price so yeah as you say it's a genius move but yeah. You did also say at one point that it's a very useful way to get a price for your car. And gives you an idea. Gives you a guide. A exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, move on from the Abarth because that was a bit niche and specific. Uh, my X3. So obviously now that I've got my next daily, um, uh, we priced that up maybe a couple of months ago. Did we do it? Or like no, no, no. It was this month. It was, it was the start month? of this oh, month. Start yeah. this month. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, and uh, looked at the price. And then when you came in today and said, well, I got my new next daily, 
let's get the X3 gone, you assumed that the price would have dropped off a bit. According to at least we buy a new car, it stayed fairly stable. I think dropped maybe 500 quid, but yeah. stayed fairly stable. My mum and her revoke, uh, her original quote in May was 34 grand. Uh, as of January, the start of this month, it was 39. Mm-hmm. So it'd gone up five grand. And then at the higher end of the market, and this will be our final topic for today when we finally come on to it. Your mum's is a very, very good example though of of how, so that big jump mm-hmm. fr- from May 21 to, when did she do it? Ja- January, start January, this month. Right, yeah. okay. So the it actually went up more, but it come back in the last quarter. So what happened was, obviously the big jump was from about May to September when cars went absolutely through the roof. So I bet if she'd have done that quote in September, it would have been even more. It would have been more, okay, fine. But, but they've come, they, they've, it, it, it's just common that it's just dipped back off again. So it, they're, still, they're still theoretically up year on year, but they've softened off from where they were at their peak, maybe around something. 100% mate, okay. because I do it every single day. Sure, so. oh no, I'm not definitely not doubting you. No, 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 so that, that's my good uh, analysis there. Because you're so close to it and you're yeah. looking at these prices day in, day out. Yeah. To the general consumer, prices are still up. The market's still strong. And what I was going to say is that a bit like you mentioned earlier where uh, with the fuel crisis and things like that, because people in people's heads, the market's strong. I've got value in my car. Yeah. If you're selling a car at the minute, privately through a dealer or whatever, I think you're still trying to command super high values because as far as anyone knows, the market's really strong mm, yeah. and I'll, I'll sell it. And, you know, I was before I settled on what my next daily is, people will know this guy talked about it quite a bit on Instagram, tried to pretend like it wasn't me, but it, it was. Mm. Uh, I looked at FFs for half a second and I said, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about this at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, and my God, at that point of the market, wow, it's strong. Not only mm. was stuff moving fairly quickly, cars like within a month and a half span were going quick, yeah. but also... At, fairly decent-ish money. Yeah. And when I went to speak to various dealers and even when I went to, to Amari and speaking to the guys at Alexander's Prestige that I do regularly, at the higher end of the market, stuff is still flying and at good money. For sure, yeah. But as well, what happened at my end in the market, the, the sub-100 grand, cars got, two-year-old cars got all too close to their list price. So when that becomes... So, which is what happened, then people weigh up, do I have a two-year-old car at, at, at list that actually, 18 months ago, I would have got cheaper than list because the dealer would have given me a 10% discount, or do I just, should I just stay in my car and I'll wait, I'll wait, because it's too close to list and people think, oh, at some point the bubble will burst, and, and it will, but I don't think it's going to burst like we think it's going to burst. Like I said before, we've had huge increases, 20, 30% across the board. Some people saying 50%. I, I, I don't see that. But um, it's not going to go back down like that. And it won't go down that quickly because, again, the whole market revolves around supply and demand. It's as simple as that. So demand over the last three, four months in certain sectors of the motor trade has been dire. No good. In other sectors, like what you're talking about, the 150 to 250 grand, it almost, I know this sounds ridiculous, but like an FF that was 300 grand new, what they really want is a Lusso. 
but they can't have a Lusso because a Lusso is now a different price bracket. 180 for a V12. What, whatever, yeah. And a, and a, a, So what they're doing is they're coming back down the market and then what does that do? Brings the prices up because it's, everything is about supply and demand. It, it, it's, we've said it so many times before. It's why house prices in London are a fortune because everyone, well, maybe not pre-COVID, definitely, wanted to live in London. Prices are through the roof. It's as simple as that. And over the last three or four months, prices have dipped off because demand is not there. When demand comes back, prices rise again. So do you think in the spring, are we likely to see an increase in values because demand for cars or whatever? Or do you think this year, actually, if everything does start to even out, new cars will start to come back to the forefront and values will continue to soften ever so slightly or at least hold? The, the the manufacturer, oddly, although they make new cars, they always, whether they mean to do it, they always dictate used car prices because it always comes from the top. So if they're bashing out cars like there's no tomorrow, then of course your used car is going to go down because you can have a new one for not, not a lot of difference. And again, 80-odd percent of people in this country finance cars. We know that. And on a monthly payment, when it gets too close to list, which is what's been happening, they've come off. But on a monthly payment, that they're more money or as the same. So the answer to your question is, mate, and it's very odd that I don't normally know. I don't know. Yeah. Because well, it's all a guessing game. It's honestly, I can it's put your finger in your airtime. You know, I just have to react to what's going on now. January in general, for me, is normally a very, very busy month. We are abnormally quiet. Now, if you'd have said that to me three months ago, I wouldn't believe you. So who knows what the market's going to do this year? There has definitely got to be some more softening off I, on used cars. That has to be. Because they, they just... stuff silly. They just reached that point. And I think they did all across the board. And that, that bigger, higher-end market... Don't forget when you're looking at some of this stuff, it would have been 250, 300 grand new, and then you're looking at it at three years old or four years old, and it's half money. So actually, because you can't get the newest model, you're thinking, oh, that's good value. So I'll be safe in that car. That You know, that might even go up a bit. It won't, but but in people's minds... Man maths. Man maths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which convinces which most people. How I got into my next daily. Yeah. <laughs> so let's come back to that because, yeah, I did some posts on Instagram. So behind the scenes, and, and obviously I'm now revealing that my next daily is not an FF, sadly. Um, Thank God. Yeah, behind the scenes for about a, a month or so, definitely over the Christmas period, this was a fairly a strong possibility and there's multiple reasons it hasn't happened but essentially i haven't really bought a, a big car on the channel for a while um i did last year or actually at the end of 2020 no you bought a big two- car then yes you bought a big car well, ah. well, I, I, hadn't, <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't really revealed that but thank thank you anyway I, I revealed that i was thinking of doing that but well done tony <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know what he's bought either but he just, what he just said <laughs> So, <laughs> he's flapping now. I'm flapping now. <laughs> cool, man. End of 2020, I bought the 9-11 40th anniversary in the Abarth. Mm. Uh, so lockdown projects. But but really, before that, I guess the 9-11 Carrera 2 was the last kind of big-ish car that I bought yeah, on, yeah. on the channel. Um, so yeah, so it felt a while and I was coming. So I was going, you know, okay, now I, I'm ready. I feel like I'm, I'm ready to kind of go again and, and get something, you know, a bit, Fair enough. a bit chunky. Yeah. 
And then I started thinking, okay, you know, what are my plans for 2022? What do I want to kind of document? And we've been speaking a lot about, you know, the end of one potential era, this is a combustion engine era, and V12s, waving goodbye to V12s, and now electrics here and hybrid, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, heck, time to get my next Ferrari, why not? And one of the last great V12s. And I thought, FF just ticks so many boxes, and what a great story to tell. And I'm going to go out there and buy the cheapest FF I can buy, and it's going to be fantastic, and what a great load of content I've got for 2022. So I started looking into it. And fundamentally, buying a cheap FF very quickly becomes the most expensive FF you can it's buy. It's a car crash. So, so you know, yeah, there yeah. were cars out there for 75, 80 grand, unbelievably cheap when it comes to finance because of the residual value. But as you, the moment you drive them away from the forecourt, 25, 30 grand just to get them consistently running. So these were already scaring me a bit. So then I start to research some more. People were saying, really, you kind of want a 2013, 2014 car forward because they have these very... Uh, real issues with their four-wheel drive system. And on the early cars, that goes wrong very quickly, and that's a 23 grand bill. So the later cars are slightly better, slightly more, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, what you really uh, want is you want one of them that you can put Ferrari warranty on. That's what you well, really yeah, want. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's the real dream, but that's yeah. never going to happen. I wanted mileage that meant I could use the car. So if I was buying a car with 50,000 miles, you know, if I was putting another 20, 30,000 miles. 50? Yeah, yeah. If I was putting another 20 or 30,000 miles on it, it was really literally making it unsellable. So... All of this led like to most of your cars. <laughs> all of this led to me suddenly looking at a car which was forty grand more than I first started. I was looking at eighty grand cars. I was suddenly now looking at one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty grand yeah. cars. Then I found out that the battery batteries literally have to be on trickle charge whenever you're not driving the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot leave it for more than twelve or twenty-four hours without trickle charge. Yeah. Um, I don't have a that facility at my new place. I would have had to have rented an additional parking space, which has power, which in London is probably going to be 250, 300 quid a month if you can find the space. So that gets rid of the sort of daily bull usability. Uh, insurance, obviously very high. I, I couldn't really get Vicky on it because first she didn't want to drive it and the insurance for her was extortionate because of her driving experience, etc. Fuel. So then, well, fuel, seven MPG is the average, but you know, you're buying a V12 Ferrari, suck it up. I would have to get a little hot hatchback to be the sort of more practical, usable thing for Vicky to use. For so it was getting extortionally expensive, a massive headache. And what it boiled down to was what lessons have I learned over the last five years of doing YouTube? None. <laughs> None. Yeah, yeah, not wrong. <laughs> not at all. Never, never buy a car for content. No. Uh, you know, it's been my remit from day one is buy the cars that I want, film videos with them. And if people find it interesting, then great. I made the error of 2020 going and buying cars for content, the 40th anniversary 9-11, the Abarth, because I thought, hey, with all this COVID stuff's going on, I want project cars that I can work on. It didn't work out. I hardly used the cars. I had too many cars downstairs. I was stressing. I was, and, and it was a total waste. And here I was about to spend all the money and put myself through insane inconvenience for content. And actually, if I stepped back, there were cars that I wanted for me as an individual that were more affordable, more usable, still interesting. And I was like, yeah. The problem is for you buying cars as content, you have to change your whole business model and remit and you have to be more like Tim because we've had Tim on here yep. and that is how Tim operates. He blatantly said that he operates like that, but he's he's geared up to operate like that. That's the way he behaves. So if you decided that you was going to do that, you've got to completely change, mate. So Change how I run my business yeah. and change a lot of the, ends of the channel. And I, look, I'm, I would be excited, as excited as a lot of you to do that FF project and live through that to document 
how difficult or good or bad it might be. But firstly, I'm not really rich enough to be having 25, 30 grand brills, bills as I walk off the forecourt. Um, uh, secondly, this is me and my life and, and I need a daily, I need a usable car that I can have. And I can't be affording to have two, two and a half grand monthly payments to sort of cater for all of these needs and parking in central, or you know, parking in outskirts of London, as you, as you put it. Suburban. Suburban London. So long story short, I would love to be that YouTuber, Hoobie's Garage or Stradman that could go out and just buy endless cars just to run the show. But it's not my channel. And so as excited as I was and as geared up and heck, I even found a car, took it down for inspection at Furlonger. Furlonger, absolutely amazing. Did a whole inspection on the car. I was ready to, to go ahead and buy it. And I was like- Flapped. Yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> because for example, that particular car had a water pump issue, mm. five grand to replace it. Mm. So I was like already like- Ugh. And I know that's an interesting storyline, but it's just not the way I've run the channel over the years. Mm. And I'd far rather get cars that enable me to go on adventures and create exciting content all over the world than necessarily cars that made me stuck here at workshops. Yeah. That's what I tried to do with the 9-11 40th anniversary. Yeah. what I tried to do with the Abarth. And I was never motivated to create that content. It never did that well, that content. And so therefore I ended up with two cars I'd paid quite a chunk of money for sitting around not doing very much with them. We can probably talk about another car which, I'm not going to drop can you we, in it. Can we? No. Well, can we? It's a. It's a. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah that has similar bills, not quite to the uh, uh, excess of an FF. So another one that we can discount: Bentley Bentayga. Yeah, this was another sort of big money car that I thought, hey, this could be an good interesting, value, ninety odd grand. Yeah, I thought, well, that's an interesting story as well. Yeah. You know, buying the cheapest Bentley Bentayga out there, you know, and I love that car, and it's an SUV. It does all the things I want it to do. Yeah. But again, yes, you're right. Looking into it, big dollar to run, and but this is the interesting angle, right? This is the YouTube content of buying expensive cars as cheap as you can find them. Because mm. we all think about it. You sit mm. there in auto trade and you go, oh my God, there's a, a Panamera Turbo S for X amount of money. Like what a thing. Well, I don't because I like modern, nice, shiny stuff. Fair but, enough. But, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, as in a, it's a, always that intriguing. Lots of people buy cars and they think, right, what's the, what's the most, the, the best value car that looks the bomb and, 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 and it's really good value and cheap. What people tend to forget is that these cars were 200, 300 grand new and what you're actually buying is a two or 300 car, 200,000 pound car for 80 or 90 grand. You are going to get a bill. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. But a you know, big one. I know that's interesting. <laughs> and I know, because even I'm like, how bad can it be? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the fundamentals of it are, and maybe I don't have to justify this, but I feel like I have to justify it as an automotive YouTuber. You know, that's not the, it's not the content I'm looking to create. Mm. It's not what I, I, I would, I, I'm intrigued by it And I want somebody else to go and buy that FF and show me and go, actually, it's really not that bad and you don't need to trickle it. So you're seeing why it's taken me so long to find my next daddy because these are conversations I've bored Tony with day in, day out for the last few months of like, I'm really tempted for my business to go in this route of buying super expensive car that's insanely expensive to run that might be absolute hell but will give me loads of content opportunities and then buying a car which I actually like and I actually want. Yeah. And when it's my money, and unfortunately I, I, lent, I lent into the other route. <laughs> The safer route. So yeah. you, you might all be disappointed. I don't know, you might be furious. I'm disappointed myself because I really wanted an FF. It's not happening, unfortunately, nor has it been taken because uh, yeah, Tony's revealed that. Um, but I'm excited because I'm super happy and, mm. and not daunted. So 
Yeah, I'm still, as you can see, slightly battling with the decision and slightly. And we had a, we had. A, I'll give you one very good example of this car crash of a buy a really good value car for not for good value that it was loads of money new, but yeah. then it's good value. So, um, I'll say four or five years ago now, we had a. It would have been then a 2012. It was the first of the facelift Bentley V8 cars. Okay. Really low mileage, all Bentley service history, one owner from new, it was absolutely lovely. And it was a bit out of my realm, as in where I wanted to be years-wise. I think it was like a six-year-old car, and I normally like to be four-year-old. And I thought, actually, do you know what? I'll have a go at this car, because there's a nice, decent profit in it, because there always is, because there's a big bill when it goes wrong. And um, what can go wrong? This this car is is good value, is forty or 50,000 quid to buy. And it's um, it's got full Bentley history. It's a one-owner car. It'll be fine. Sold it. Customer happy. Lovely car. Two weeks later, turbo <laughs> itself. £23,000 bill. Wow. I had to pay it. See, they, I mean, you know... Bentley wanted to put an engine in it. So the bloke Still an took interesting it to, video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting. So I'm like, oh, that sounds tempting. Yeah, but what but 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 the the bloke, the poor bloke that bought the car, he'd give sixty thousand quid for it or whatever. And it, he took it into Bentley and Bentley wanted to charge him for an engine. But it didn't need an engine. But so they wanted to put engines and t- which was like fifty foot would have wrote the car off. Oh my god. So but yeah, it cost me as a dealer twenty three thousand quid to fix. Yeah. So you know that's what I wanted to avoid. Yeah. But then also, as I say, it's such a tough thing as an automotive YouTuber where you see the content opportunity versus, but I had to make a business decision. And yeah. 23 grand, that's four years of YouTube videos. You know, my YouTube videos, <laughs> they owe me about 50 quid a pop at the minute. So there ain't no man, there's like, there's just not a business There's no man matching so that, like, for sure. Anyway, uh, my phone's been going mad because Jaguar just dropping the F-Type back after a quick little service. So I need to pop downstairs and... Uh, What's about little... right? Anyway, we've probably, we've probably been an hour or so, we? Have we have indeed. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed that episode. I hope not many... Of, well, you might be disappointed initially with the My Next Daily Chat, but I think you're going to be excited when I reveal it. So as I say, subscribe now and turn on notifications so you don't miss that announcement. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, keep listening there as well. Um, if you want to follow Tony, he's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on most social media platforms. And I'm obviously at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And we'll be back with you next week. And I think we might be having one of our interview specials coming up in the next few weeks. So yeah, I like them. Stay tuned for that as well. Okay, we'll wrap up today's episode. See you soon. Bye-bye. See ya. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.